Welcome back. Nerd is the new cool Father's Day edition. I'm Justin. Co-hosting with me today is John. Obviously. As always. I'm always here. And then we also have a special guest, another father, and also another John. Lots of Johns. Lots of Johns. Just say J, and one of us will turn. <laughs> right. So, obviously, to go along with the holiday, Father's Day, we thought it would be kind of fun to sit down and talk about where Father's Day comes from and compare some of our favorite father figure films. Yeah, because there's not a lot of like actual movies about Father's Day, like the actual holiday, but there's plenty of... There's plenty of father's movies out there. The the underrated holiday, I might say, too, as a father. Yeah. <laughs> I can't really I can't really say a whole lot because I, I don't I'm a father to a kitten. Uh you're a father to many dogs and I'm a soon to be father. I'm an, I'm an expecting father, Yay. yes. I'm Which is pretty exciting. Father. And yeah. this guy's got a litter. Four. Four kids. Four yes. kids. Yes. Just keeps knocking them out. Let's talk about the history of Father's Day first and then we're getting to our films. Uh, Father's Day is a holiday, uh, obviously, as we previously discussed, uh, honoring fatherhood and paternal bonds, as well as the influence of fathers in society. So on July 5th, 1908, a West Virginia church sponsored the nation's first event explicitly to honor fathers, a Sunday sermon in memory of the 362 men who died in the previous December's explosion at the Fairmount Coal Company mines in Monoga. 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 Manonoga, whatever. <laughs> Mananga, go ahead. No, that's you, man. Oh, okay, sorry. The next year, uh, a Spokane, Washington woman named Sonora Smart Dodd. Uh, I don't know if she's related to the old Abraham Lincoln. Wasn't that a Dodd? Yes, that was a Dodd, okay, I believe. Okay, that's what I yeah. thought. All right, see? I'm not crazy. No. One of six children raised who's by a widower tried to establish an official equivalent to Mother's Day for male parents. So this is also maybe where this came from. She went to local churches, the YMCA, which I was surprised existed that long ago. That's a long time. It's been around forever. Yeah, shops, government officials to basically drum up support for this idea, and she was successful, and Washington State actually celebra- celebrated the nation's first statewide Father's Day on June 19th, 1910. Just a couple years later, 1916, President Wilson honored the day by using the telegraph to unfurl a flag in Spokane, Washington, when he pressed a button in D.C. In 1924, President Calvin Coolidge urged state governments to observe Father's Day all over the place. And it was not until 1972, 58 years later, after President Woodrow Wilson made Mother's Day official, that the day honoring fathers became a nationwide holiday in the U.S., in Catholic countries of Europe, it's been celebrated on March 19th as St. Joseph's Day, really since the Middle Ages. It's a long time. That's crazy. They're way ahead of us. <sighs> They're yeah. way As they are in most things. Progressive. This year, Father's Day 2021 occurred on Sunday, June 20th. So it's a pretty quick rise to a national holiday mm-hmm. and uh, really kind of coincided with Mother's Day a little bit. And uh, yeah, it's, it is, as, as Kegel said, it is a, it's an undervalued holiday. At least for us fathers, it definitely is. For fathers, I would say mothers like, probably say the same thing. I got an ashtray. It was very nice. All the smoking that you do. I do, yes. Yeah. <laughs> very fitting. <laughs> so we're going to get to our, our three film choices, but we had to. We have to at least mention our regrettably nerdy omissions uh, that didn't quite make the list. First off, my wife's favorite, Mr. Mom. She's obsessed with that movie, but... Couldn't make it. Couldn't make the cut. Maybe we'll get on here and she can talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Look, next one here. I, I was, I'm a big fan of this movie, especially as a dad. Like, this will 
this will hit you right right in the feels. Yes. Uh, the yes. pursuit of happiness. Absolutely. Yes, Happy with a Y. Happy with a Y, yes. Critical distinction. Thank you for clarifying. But yeah, I'm here for you. Also, Taken. Uh, interesting choice to follow the pursuit of happiness here <laughs> in this omissions list. It is about it's a, a pretty dedicated father. It is about a, a father. <laughs> he is dedicated. He's, he's he has trying a to get his and He's going skills. to find you. They yeah. both have a particular set of skills in pursuit of happiness and in taking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one can kill people and the other can do a Rubik's Cube. Yeah, and dial phone numbers. And dial phone numbers quickly. really quickly. <laughs> also, parenthood. Good choice as well. That is a good one. Um, father of the Bride. Obviously. And I guess Father of the Bride too, and Father of the Bride too, no. and another didn't Cheaper by the Dozen. That's another Steve Martin movie. Both Steve Martin, lots of Steve Martin, and then Daddy Daycare. Who can forget that gem? <laughs> Speaking of gems, we've got Grown Ups, Adam Sandler's best work, and Grown Ups too, and Grown Ups too, <laughs> Daddy's Home, which is a one with uh, that's, that's, that's Mark Wahlberg, Wahlberg and um, Will Ferrell. And Will Ferrell. I, I gotta yeah. tell you, I wasn't familiar with this one on the list, and. I yeah. so they so again and they have a second one as well. There's the daddy's own Mel too Gibson as well. in it and John Lithgow, I believe, is and the dad for Will yeah. Ferrell. Based on the title, I was curious about the genre. Like I wasn't sure of what it's, it's about we a including. dad and a stepdad like, yeah. relationship. Mm-hmm. Is what it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, so one of them get is your, yeah get your head out of the gutter. And finally, or not finally, but the next one is actually a movie called Father's Day, and it's a really it's a relatively new film. Interesting that one didn't make the list for the Father's Day movie. It part. didn't because it's new. It's on Netflix, I believe. And and. We got better classics. Well, as as soon as we came up with this category, I knew exactly what I was going to choose. So, yeah, I didn't look at any of these. Uh, <laughs> liar, liar, Jim Carrey, classic movie. Uh, three men and ba- three men and a baby. So three fathers. Trying and, to, and three men and a little lady. And lots, a, lots and of sequels with fathers movies. Lots of sequels, and then uh, one the one that I haven't seen definitely maybe I've heard of it, mm. but I've never seen it. Talk about getting me in the feels. That's a good one. Okay, I haven't seen that one either. But I'll, I'll have to check it out. Sleepless in Seattle, uh, classic, classic rom com. She's out of control. I haven't seen that one either. I just put this one on two nights ago because after we got done watching Mrs. Doubtfire, Jana made us watch She's Out of Control, and I've seen it before. But it's with who's the boss? Is the is the dad in that movie? Tony and basically, Danza? and basically, the daughter is like uh, becoming a woman, and all of a sudden, like embracing that, and he just doesn't know how to handle it, and he's like chasing down <laughs> boyfriends. It's it's anyway, it's not it's not that bad, but it's a very '80s film. And hilarity ensues. Hilarity ensues. <laughs> this exactly. is this is a stage in life we are coming on very quickly here, and yeah. I can tell you it is, it's terrifying. Well, watch that movie. It's, it's something sheer, that I've already terror. gone through. So yes. yeah, good luck. I appreciate that. Thank you. Finding Nemo, seriously, one of my all-time favorites. Great dad movie. One that we can just throw on the TV anytime and shut all the kids up, and it's fantastic. Absolutely. So, it's actually one that didn't even pop in my head as far as like father movies. Which really? should it's what it, it just didn't oh, occur to totally me. I don't know. I, I wasn't thinking animated. I guess Hook is a great father's movie. Peter Pan is your dad. Can't go wrong with that. Road to Perdition, classic. A little awesome. dark, but good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's about a father. Beautiful Boy is also a good father's film. That's got uh, Timothy Chalamet. I'm saying that name wrong, probably, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, never even heard of it. It's got Steve Carell in it too. Okay. Um, another movie I haven't heard of, The Champ. The Champ, what? That's with, uh, that's with uh, Silver Spoon's kid. Oh, Ricky Schroeder. Ricky Schroeder, and his dad's a boxer, and he gets spoiler alert, spoiler alert, he gets killed at the end of the movie. Oh, and, uh, and the dad or the kid? The dad. Okay, yeah, no, I didn't see the that. The kid one. would be real dark. <laughs> the uh, dad. Royal Tenenbaums. Mm-hmm. You love this one. I do love Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, Li- the Lion King. Kind of, you know, another animated, kind of dark, but well, at least at the beginning. 
and then Big Fish. Great story of a father, Ewan McGregor. Yeah, that's a fantastic movie too. It's you know I think that's one of those you could just put on and watch easy anytime. Mm-hmm. Field of Dreams, that's fantastic. It's all about his dad. And baseball. And baseball. Frequency. Yeah, that's one Jana wanted me to put on. I there was going to say this. Well, it's because he goes. She go, he goes back in time. He's talking to his dad, Dennis Quaid. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah, he's telling his dad how to save his mom's life. I mean, come on. But is that? Uh, never mind. We'll come back to that later, perhaps. <laughs> John Q. So this was one that I added because mm-hmm. it was actually one of the first ones that I ever thought of. Like when we first came up with this topic, this was one of the first movies that came to my head because mm-hmm. it's just it's, it's Denzel. What a girl wants. So I put a couple. No sh- Gibson. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. I put a couple, <laughs> a couple of TV shows on here too. Russell Development, obviously about all the Bluths. The Judge is a brand new one with Brian Cranston. With Brian Cranston, yep. yeah. Night at the Museum. The classic dad shit movie. There's also a lot of 90s sitcoms that we could have done. Home Improvement, Punky Brewster, Full House. Who's, who's the boss? Who's the boss? <laughs> I already mentioned that one. And the list goes on. Basically every sitcom from the 90s and late 80s. And then also a new one coming out called Stillwater, which is a new Matt Damon movie. Just mm-hmm. saw a preview for it this morning. I added that this morning because I was like, oh, because I saw the preview when we, when we saw Fast 9 in the theaters and um, made me think of this episode. And then some that were a little bit of a stretch, but we're still going to mention them. Star Wars. Yeah. It's about a dad. It is about a dad. Yeah, we don't know that till episode two, episode five, but nonetheless. Yeah. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. He's trying to find his dad. Mm-hmm. And then Onward, which was actually really good if you haven't seen it. Yeah, but it's really about the brother being the dad, which is actually kind of a kind of a good film we could have talked about considering we the ones we're doing aren't necessarily about dads. They kind of are, but not really. They're about father, father figures. Father, father figures. figures. But, oh, and dads. Oh, one of them. I know, yeah. but we'll talk about that in a second. One of them is a dad. I was surprised we didn't see uh, Temple of Doom on this list as the, the father figure to Short Round. Short Round? <laughs> That's, he's a central part of the Like <laughs> A lot true. of that movie is spent trying to That movie is fairly controversial. Fairly controversial. Probably not the best movie to talk about. Really? I guess in today's age it is. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of. I mean, yeah, I, I get it. It's insensitive. Yeah, that's very insensitive. True. I, I just saw it again last week. So, yeah, same. That's why it popped into my head. I'm not <laughs> saying it's not entertaining. I'm just saying it's insensitive. <laughs> All right, continue. Wrap this up. Breaking Bad. The Mandalorian. I love seeing that on this list. Mando. Mando. Mm-hmm. And Breaking Bad, too, because he's just doing it for his family. Kick-ass, and I added Con Air. Yeah, these are all good, and there are definitely more that we could, didn't include. We could have kept going on any father figure in any film or TV show. There's a lot. If you think of any shoot us a message we get these from time to time they're always fun to listen to but to the main event we're going to break down categories our three films we chose today we've got going head to head mrs doubtfire versus big daddy versus uncle buck i'm going to start with mrs doubtfire mrs doubtfire here's the summary from i quote imdb after a bitter divorce, an actor disguises himself as a female housekeeper to spend time with his children held in custody by his former wife. It debuted November 24th, 1993. Does that sound like a pretty decent synopsis? Okay. Yeah. No, that's we, pre- we always like to just make sure. That's, that's pretty. It, it, some it, of them are accurate and some of them are Some of them are like, who the hell, who wrote this? That one, that one lines up. Obviously, okay. yeah. Some of them, it's, did you even watch the movie? You're just <laughs> mailing it in. Big Daddy. Summary. A lazy law school grad adopts a kid to impress his girlfriend, but everything doesn't go as planned, and he becomes the unlikely foster father. I, I agree. Pretty yeah, accurate. Yep, nailed it. Debuted June 25th, 1999. 
All right, Uncle Buck. Uh, when challenged with a death in the family and having to emergency travel, a family calls in help from a troubled uncle to help with the kids for a few days. Debuted. Ac- accurate. He's August 16th, 1989. Yeah, so it's the oldest one of the bunch. All right, so let's get into the into the categories as far as who's going to win what. We start off always with the BS rankings. That's our category. Mrs. Doubtfire has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 71% with an IMDb score of 7.0. And Big Daddy has 74% Rotten Tomatoes and an IMDb of 6.4. Uncle Buck, surprisingly low for me at Rotten Tomatoes, 63%. I agree with that. Low. That is low. And uh, 7.0 IMDb. So just strictly from numbers, Big Daddy should win based on the full, and then Mrs. Doubtfire and Uncle Buck tie with IMD from IMDb. I think some of these numbers are completely wacky. Like, I don't know how Uncle Buck is so low. And also, given some of the, the awards, in quotes, Big Daddy has received, I don't know how these numbers are so are so high in some instances, right? Blaze wanted to join us. Uh, I agree. So the, so the Big Daddy, that was the, that was the audience score. The critic score was, like, in the 20s. Right. So that bumped it up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think that the I think the rankings. You're looking at these numbers. Let's just add them up and average it. Basically, I think Mrs. Doubtfire has got to win this one. I believe uh, that's where I was leaning. I, I think you're right. Yeah. I was leaning. All right, one for Mrs. Doubtfire. One for Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. All right. Not the, I don't. Have, I don't have a horse in the race. That doesn't matter to me who wins. It's not a competition. Not a competition. <laughs> up next, the Tarantino Award for but best for best writer. Up first is Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire was written by Anne Fine. This is, I, believe it or not, I didn't, I didn't actually know this until um, I was doing some research on it. This is based on a 1987 novel titled Madame Doubtfire, and Anne Fine wrote it. Uh, the screenplay was written by Randy Mayhem Singer, who also wrote, these are totally obscure, the Jack and Jill TV show and also the Tooth Fairy film, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> like the Tooth Fairy with like Vin Diesel? Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, that one. And wow. it was also co-screenplay written by with Leslie Dixon, who wrote The Heartbreak Kid, Overboard, both of them, The Thomas Crown Affair, Look Who's Talking Now, Freaky Friday, Hairspray, and Limitless. So, so not Les, a bad Les resume. Got a decent resume. Yeah, absolutely. No, just to clear, Look Who's Talking Now is a pre, is a sequel, right? So that was talking. S- that was the sequel. Yeah. Yes. So she was not affiliated with the original, but came in to help with the sequel. I guess so. <laughs> just checking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got True. It. You got it. Uh, and Big Daddy also had three writers. Uh, one of them, Steve Franks, who uh, the only thing I could find noteworthy is that he wrote for the TV show Psych. Which is good. Which is good. Uh, Tim Harley, who has essentially written for any Adam Sandler movie known to man. Uh, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Wedding Singer, Waterboy, Little Nicky, Mr. Deeds, Grown, Up t- Grown Ups 2, not one. Pixels, The Ridiculous Six, and he was a writer for SNL. And then Adam Sandler, which is basically the same resume as Tim Hurley. Hurley, yeah. And now who wrote Uncle Buck? <laughs> uh, if you don't know, Uncle Buck was written by John Hughes. Just a little guy Just named a little John guy Hughes. Who uh, was responsible for a, a couple of movies you might have heard of in the 80s. National Lampoon's Vacation, Mr. Bomb, Home Alone, Ferris Bueller, Breakfast Club, others. Uh, all the 80s movies. Known every, man. Uh, every other hilarious 80s movie. So... We could talk about this for a while, candles. but is there, I don't think we need to. I think that we, we uh, don't need to. It's good. It's good on Tim Hurley. Good on Leslie Dixon. Good on Adam Sandler. John Hughes wins. Uh, yeah, he has to. I think he, it's not even a, not even a competition. He wins the Spielberg Award for Best Directing. We've got this is going to be maybe a little more um, challenged, I guess. 
Mrs. Doubtfire is Chris Columbus, who wrote, I'm sorry, who directed Adventures in Babysitting, Home Alone, Harry Potter 1 and 2, Rent, and a handful of other things. Just I, I just kind of put the big ones on there. Yes. And then Big Daddy is Dennis Dugan, who did Happy Gilmore, Beverly Hills Ninja, Saving Silverman, and Grown Ups 1 and 2, among other things. Yep. Uh, Uncle Buck, again, John Hughes, written and directed by. Uh, he also directed Breakfast Club, Weird Science, a lot of other random things in the 80s. One of my favorites, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That's a good and one. And really everything that John Candy was doing. I mean, John Hughes only has eight directing credits, just to be clear. Like, it's all writing, basically. And they're writing all and producing. fire. They're all freaking amazing. <laughs> so I think I, I do want to give a shout out to Chris Columbus here because I think he's got a really awesome resume. But let me just read John Hughes' directing resume because just the, I mean, okay, 16 Candles, Breakfast Club, In Order, Weird Science, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Planes, Trains, Automobiles, She's Having a Baby, Uncle Buck, Curly Sue. Yeah, She's Having a Baby did not do well, and it's not something I've seen, but... I've seen it. It was fine. Curly Sue. I've seen it. I've it was seen, fine. I've seen Curly but Sue. But either way, those first, even the first three win pretty much. So, I mean, right? I agree. I agree. It's okay. Uncle Buck. All right. Uncle Buck, John Hughes again. Mm-hmm. Two for Uncle Buck. On to leading roles. This is going to be interesting. So, the leading roles for Mrs. Doubtfire, I think it's basically the mom and dad. And we got Robin Williams, who plays Daniel Hillard, and also Mrs. Doubtfire. And then Sally Field, who plays Miranda Hillard. Big Daddy, it's, again, the same two. Adam Sandler as Sonny Koufax and Joey, Lauder, Joey Lauren Adams as Layla Maloney. Uncle Buck, I think, has a lot of different people in it and lots of supporting characters, but from a leading role perspective, it's basically John Candy and it's him. he steals the show. Yeah, Right. So uh, why don't somebody else start with what their opinion is because like, I've already got my opinion formulated I want to hear what you guys think first I mean it's it's quality over quantity especially when you're comparing Adam Sandler oh. to the other two because Adam Sandler's in a ton of shit yeah he's in a lot of movies and yeah okay some of them are stinkers <clears throat> Jack and Jill are but um, a I lot th- of them make a lot of money this one made 275 million dollars Big Daddy did so like Kegel, what do you think? I, I, you know, I think the way Robin Williams and Sally Fields played off of each other, and that really gives them a lot of a lot of credibility in this space as the leading two. I think they did a fantastic job together more than anything else. I was going to say similar to that. I think that if you compare John Candy, Adam Sandler, and Robin Williams, you could pretty much argue why one person is better than the other. Absolutely. John Candy had he, you know, had a longer life. I think would have probably had a better career than all of them. But like you said quantity over quality he wasn't around as many you could say the same thing about robin williams and ryan williams also cut short there too he'd still be acting so let's just take them out sally field has had a freaking amazing career like i feel i feel like we're almost like like not paying attention to her as much as we should because her 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 imdb page is freaking crazy long so i think mrs doffard has got to take it here i agree and you got you got bond in there too let's not forget about i know he's a supporting guy well, speaking of which, yeah, let's get to it. it. We, get to we've it. got this, the next category. So that one goes to Mrs. Doubtfire. The next category, we call this the Other Four Jacksons Award for secondary categories of characters. The <laughs> these, other, these, the characters these categories are new to us. I just came, we all came up with them a couple weeks ago. Well, and, and, and the uh, names are going to change, too. And so. they just keep evolving. Yeah, we're going to evolve. So let's see who's got the uh, Other Four Jacksons Award. We've, let's start with Mrs. Doubtfire. The aforementioned Pierce Brosnan plays two. James Bond. Harvey Firestein plays Frank the brother mm-hmm. uh lisa jacob plays lydia hillard and matthew lawrence 
I'm sorry, Matthew Lawrence plays Chris Hillard, and then Mara Wilson plays Natalie Hillard. So those are the three kids. I know we haven't covered the other movies yet, but can I just say Harvey Firestein in this movie is fabulous. He's so good. He's, so He's good. Yeah. He's good. We might, we might call it a, a, a scene stealer. A scene stealer. Oh, perhaps. Foreshadowing? Who per- knows? Perhaps, maybe. maybe. So, all right, those are the five. We've got the, the boyfriend, the brother, and then the three kids. So, Big Daddy, there's a ton of people in it. So, there's John Stewart as Kevin Garrity, and then you have the twins, Cole Sprouse and Dylan Sprouse, as Julian McGrath. Leslie Mann, who's been in a ton of things, especially after this, as Corinne Maloney, four-year-old virgin, knocked up, etc. John Mossel as Arthur Brooks, who you remember from City Slickers, Billy Madison, and The Money Pit. Alan Covert as Phil D'Amato, and this is where we this is where we start getting into like almost Adam Sandler's entourage. Because Phil yeah. D'Amato, he's in Grandma's Boy, Fifty First Dates, Little Nicky. Rob Schneider is the delivery guy; he's kind of separate. Christy Swanson as Vanessa. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Peter Dante, another one of the Entourage. He's in as Tommy Grayton. He's in all those other movies. Joseph. <laughs> this guy, uh, I didn't realize that was his name, but his name is, is Joseph Baloney. It's Joey Baloney. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. As Lenny Koufax. So the dad. The dad. Jonathan Logren as Mike. Again, part of who's in a lot of the other movies. And Edmund Lindeck as Mr. Harley, who is also in Road... I remember him from Road Trip, the old guy. Yeah. Hurley he, whatever his name Hurley is. Hurley he. Hurley he. I keep pronouncing it wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, so Uncle Buck, I, I, you know, as I was re-watching this, what was interesting to me is there's really just not that many people that play a substantial role in it. You've got uh, Jean-Louise Kelly as Tia Russell, who's the, uh, the kind of the troubled uh, daughter in the family. Gabe. Uh, Gaby Hoffman as Maisie Russell, who's Russell, sorry, who's the daughter, uh, the younger daughter, Macaulay Culkin, pretty solid, you know, credit there. He was very young in this movie, Home Alone style, and then uh, Amy Madigan as Shanice Kobolowski, who's uh, Buck's girlfriend, who's also in Field of Dreams, yeah. also in Field Got of Dreams. Got a couple of Field yeah. of Dreams there, um, alumni. So, all right, I'll start here. Actually, you know what, Kegel, what do you, what are your thoughts here with this? Who do you think has the the lead out the gate? So, I mean, it's just. Keep me honest on the category here. This is just about the cast of characters that are supporting here that mm-hmm. we've listed out, and that's it. Like yep. the, the individual performances that they did aside, it's who's got a better cast who's overall. Who's got the better resumes? I, you who's know, carrying the weight. The, I like Big Daddy. Who lines up better on paper? Yeah, Next who lines up better, better on paper? paper. <laughs> this is all paper. This, are we going to make brackets? <laughs> yeah, that's, what we're, what, we're that's what we're doing right now. That's basically <laughs> yes. what we're doing. So the uh, Big Daddy's got a lot of people in it, a lot of people that you've seen in a lot of movies, and... But a lot of them are the same types of movies, the same groups. And I think it's, you know, and the, it's, and in some cases, the exact same the ex- movies, the exact same movies. They're yeah. all in the same movies together. Right. They are together. And I think that I don't know that you can give them a lot of credit for kind of fitting in that space together within those things. So I, I might give this to other than Rob Schneider, other than Rob Schneider, <laughs> uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, I think, is is where I would place this probably. John, thoughts? I disagree. I think it's Big Daddy. <clears throat> Give us your your arguments. So, uh, (laughs) yes, there are a lot of people that are in the same thing. But you've got Rob Schneider, who is in a bunch of stuff on his own. Leslie Mann, who's been in a bunch of stuff on her own. Let's not forget Jon Stewart. Like, yeah, okay, acting credits aside, but, like, from a – just from a resume and from almost, like, if you want to bring in cultural impact to, like, his real – like, what he does in, like, the real world. I mean, he does a lot of stuff. 
so I'm going to use your argument against you. Because cool. as far as cultural impact, I mean, how have we not mentioned Macaulay Culkin as like basically the, the he's the biggest person on this list. Uh, even if he's only been in a handful of movies. Even more than Pierce Brosnan? He's bigger than even Pierce Brosnan. Even more than James Bond? Bigger than James Bond, for sure. Goldeneye, yes. The rest of them, no one really cares about them. They're garbage. That's true. Macaulay Culkin, if you say that name, anyone knows, no matter what age you are, even if it's a little kid, because they've all seen the new the movie. They've all seen Home Alone now I growing up. Logan, right? my five-year-old, big fan of Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone. I'm just saying, like that name itself is huge. But let's even, let's, for sake of argument, let's say Macaulay Culkin cancels out Stu Redman, Pierce Brosnan, also cancels out John Stewart. That's maybe a little bit, I'm maybe being nice. But let's say they do because of Bond, because it, maybe it's a box office draw. We'll say that. I think I kind of am leading actually with Lambert on this one because of Leslie Mann and Rob Snyder and also Kirstie Swanson, too. We can't, I mean, she's had been on a lot of cool things. Let's take like the whole entourage of Adam Sandler's gang out of there. Take it out. Take them out. Those are some pretty big names and they've got a lot of huge credits. So I, I'm going Big Daddy. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> big Daddy it is. One big, big Daddy. daddy. Big Daddy wins the uh, the award for the other four Jacksons. All right, our next category, our final category with characters. This is what we call our, our award for backup singers. So these are characters that are deep cut characters. They're in it, not a whole lot, but they, they, uh, they make an impact. And they're very like, oh, that guy. Oh, that guy's in this film. Holy crap. Yeah. So Mrs. Doubtfire, we got uh, Martin Mull, who plays Justin Gregory. You may know Martin Mull from Clue. I believe he's Professor... He's Colonel Mustard. Yeah. Colonel Mustard. I know who you're talking about, yeah. And also in Roseanne, the boss at the diner. Anne Haney plays Mrs. Selner, the angry... She's not really angry, but she's she's the... Uh, um, she's crotchety, I would say. She's yes, she's the... She's the She's the social she's worker. The, she's the liaison, the court social, liaison. You got it. Yeah, or whatever, yeah. You may know her as, as uh, from the American president. She's the... Uh, she's... Andrew Shepard's, um, like, administrative assistant. I remember her from Liar, Liar. And also Liar, Liar. Yes. That's where I remember her <laughs> yeah, from. Right. Well, yeah. I, and okay. she, you know, I'm sure she's a very pleasant woman, but hands down has the best grumpy face of anyone she's got a in mean. a lot of movies. She I, does. Really fantastic. She's got a good mean face. Big Daddy, Steve Buscemi as the homeless guy. He's in everything. And then Tim Hurley as the, the, the writer as the singing kangaroo. <laughs> in the kangaroo that's song awesome, video yeah. i did not know that. that's great that's the that's a very deep cut mm-hmm. so that's a deep well i mean you gotta you gotta stick them in there uh uncle buck uh laurie metcalf as marcy uh, the neighbor across the street she okay, yeah didn't have a lot of parts that you know if you remember she came in when he was trying to fix the, well, the washing the dancing machine. scene though is, is pretty it's the a dancing scene is and pretty then good. yeah well that's and that's pivotal to the movie was gonna be my right. point yeah. then also she comes adds in conflict adds conflict <laughs> thank you uh, and she's you know comes over and puts the music on as like dirty dancing slapping her thighs on John Candy which is just a riot. Awesome. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Is that dirty dancing? <laughs> Good for her. It was yep. a great job. And then Anna Chlumsky as schoolchild. Uh, her first thing was this, and really I think early b- b- before Mister Girl and Veep. My Girl. Oh, My Girl, My Girl, yeah. My Girl. I don't. Know. I was going to say I don't know who this is. Typo. And also in Veep, if you guys have seen the show Veep, she's like the second in command. Mm-hmm. All right, since you guys have gone first last few times, I, I'm just going to say I think just Steve Buscemi with overall just, uh, you know, resume and everything else he's done kind of kind of needs to win this or probably wins this award. I, I don't want to sleep on, you know, Laurie Metcalf because Roseanne is obviously a huge impact in television. 
and honestly, Anna, Anna Klumski also being in My Girl is, as a huge movie. Speaking of Macaulay Culkin, but Steve Buscemi was in The Big Lebowski. That's what I mean. <laughs> listen, I'm trying to argue for like the other ones, uh, but I, but my my answer is my answer is Big Daddy. As much as I'd love to disagree with you, I have I to go. C- Big I can't Daddy. disagree okay. with you. All right, all right, that was easy. Up next, we have the John Williams Award for music. So who's got the best music here? And we're starting with Miss Doubtfire. And Howard Shore is the composer. Now, this, this, this person, Howard Shore, he has composed things for SNL, the movie Big, Silence of the Lambs, Philadelphia, Seven, That Thing You Do, Ransom, Dogma, High Fidelity, Lord of the Rings, even The Departed. It's a hell of a resume there. Howard Shore for Mrs. Doubtfire. That is a hell of a resume. Big Daddy. Teddy Castellucci, and again, pretty much done everything that either Adam Sandler or Rob Schneider has been in. Mr. Deeds, Anger Management, 51st Dates, Longest Yard, Wedding Singer, Deuce Bigelow, and the list goes on. Uncle Buck, uh, Ira Newborn is the composer. He did uh, Police Squad, 16 Candles, Weird Science, Dragnet, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, My Blue Heaven, Mall Rats, Basketball. Basketball. Man, (laughs) that's, that's deep a deep cut reference yeah and i just wanted to throw out there the drum beat from funky cole medina was in this movie and i just thought that was fabulous yeah i think i think ira newborn has a lot of really awesome especially 80s uh films and tv shows on his on his resume i think though that i mean just if i could just say the lord of the rings and big huge movies <laughs> huge <laughs> there you go sagas. howard shore kind of takes that um, home right seven yeah all right mrs doubtfire takes home the john williams award for music we're not having a lot of argument which is fine i think it's a lot of these are pretty straightforward okay they're no brainers into scenes so let's start with just our favorite scenes from these films so what we're going to do here and this is for you kegel we're going to rank read the scenes talk talk about them real quick and then just pick the one we like the most most doesn't matter okay Ms. doubtfire impressions like just he's at the court liaison's office and he's doing all these quotes and he says you think you're funny don't you i used to before this meeting (laughs) yeah Um, that was a good one Prank calling his wife with, again, all the impressions, impersonations. I really like the making of the mask. They're going, matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. <laughs> that whole scene. Just, again, Firestein just really hammered it, like, turning it on. Like, he's going to 11 in that scene. Uh, the house visit from Selner when he's running back and forth and has to do the the pie. Yep. Facial scream because mask. Because his face gets run <laughs> over by so a Dripping into truck. coffee and... Yeah. Ugh. Oh. That makes me so uncomfortable. Oh, there's another one for you, dear. The bar at the country club, the whole bar scene, throwing the football, and then lastly the the entire dinner scene, the dinner scene, the whole dinner scene, just going back and forth between the bathroom, drinking the scotch. That's my favorite. Sitting sitting down at the wrong table. Yeah. What the hell are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) That's mine. What are yours? So I'm going to say that one too. I I gotta go to the country club, the bar where he's like sitting out of the pool and he chucks him the line. That was, a, cl- that was a close second and he tries to hit on the girl. Yeah, he's, he's like, like yeah. It's, it's on me. <laughs> she's like she's, no. and she's looking at him like he's insane. I saw him, dude. It was a dry, it was a run by fruiting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that's that, that was, was a close good. second for me. All right, cool. All right, Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Oh, the surprise party. Just like the and the whole thing, like we wasted the good surprise on you. Like, are you proposing? We'll we'll think about it, man. <laughs> just that whole thing which i got a, i got a little nitpicker there we'll talk about that in a little bit we question. can talk about I it in a second that. uh sunny visiting julian and then you know finding the old guy I'm like just that whole 
interaction. He's got a five-year plan. What is it? Don't die? <laughs> Gross. Picking up girls in the park. So mm-hmm. that's you know where he meets Layla. Peeing up just and it's it's multiple scenes, but then peeing on restaurants. It keeps like coming back. <laughs> it yeah. keeps coming back. Thanks a lot, buddy. All right, yeah. yeah so. Now it is your problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, the McDonald's scene. Will someone get the kid a Happy Meal? What do you want? Cheerios. And the whole leading up to lasagna. It too. Well, yeah, the whole like when he's hey. talking with Steve Buscemi, he's like, so he goes sausage McMuffin. Like, and he writes it in his book. S- <laughs> why, are you, why are you sitting on the ground? This is where I live. Hey, you have the conversation <laughs> right now. <laughs> look, look, he fell asleep. He fell asleep with hash browns. <laughs> okay. Um, the the montage of doing whatever Julian wants. Mm-hmm. Um, Frankenstein picking out what to wear. The eat, eat, what do you want? Thirty packets of ketchup, and then he like that one touched the ground. Oh, that was gross. <laughs> that was, Watching that again on the rewatch, that so gross. Grossed me out. So gross. Uh, grocery shopping. So they run into Corinne. He's like, just that that kind of interaction is like Microsoft's down two points, and he <laughs> slams that. He, and he slams. Don't the, go by the frozen food section yeah. there. Yeah, your boobs are hardened. <laughs> um, the entire trial just. Just kind of the the circus and shit show that the trial was, and then the end scene at Hooters, where they, you know, obviously they they see her again. And is that the guy with the old balls? <laughs> I can I gotta say my favorite's not on this list, which is what the, is your favorite? The sp- the spelling flashcards that they do. He, he oh, pop- that's a good he one pop- too. Pop- Damn you! You give him the easy ones. Give him the easy ones. Well, and I think I, I was gonna. Uh, I think I meant to add that, but I didn't know how to do it. Which just like all the interactions with. With with Rob Schneider, with the delivery guy, mm-hmm. yeah, like, okay. Fair. with with him being, oh, I got three piece cheesecake, <laughs> and then the wrestling and like him putting him in a sleeper hold and like that, yeah. Be nice to the delivery guy. It's not his fault. Not his he fault. Can't he read. can't read. There's too many quotes. I could probably say the whole movie. So, what's your favorite? Favorite? I don't know. Honestly, it might be the surprise party. Right off the bat, just that right off the bat. That's a good tone yes. for uh, Sonny's dislike of. Corinne. Of Corinne. <laughs> what do you got, Kegel? From this list, I choose, I think, the McDonald's scene, right? You can choose any, any I can scene. choose any scene. Then I'm going to go spelling bee. Yeah, oh, yeah, it doesn't have to be on this list. Yeah, it's It's got to be the, it's gotta be the flashcards. I, I say hip-hop anonymous to my <laughs> wife all the time. I forgot how much I laughed at the McDonald's scene, just with with, with Bishemi, the whole thing. The whole thing. Ten, leading up to what? it. What? I thought it was 11. Me too. Yeah. Just, yeah. What a... Well, then he just like accepts it. Like, ah. All right. Everybody writes in his book. <laughs> and he moves total, on. Total mind blow. That got me there. All right, on to Uncle Buck. Uncle favorite Buck. scenes. So questions for Miles. So that's when Uncle Buck arrives. You know, he's sitting there in the morning and uh, and just firing him off. Firing him off. One Rapid after another. Fire, yeah. What's your What's your record answers. for for consecutive questions? Thirty six. <laughs> <uncle, all> right. <laughs> the drill. He goes into the party to interrupt Tia and her boyfriend, and he's you know drills out the lock, and it's like very psycho kind of horror movie. That's great. Uh, the school drop-off, when he's taking Tia to school on the first day. So it's high school, right? And he's got the car that's burning gallons of oil per minute and pulls up. And then he turns it off, and all the kids are kind of standing there, and the thing backfires, and as everyone all, hits the tank. As it always does. Everyone hits the yeah. tank. Love that. Uh, the breakfast. So, you know, the morning introduction when John Candy meets the kids the first time. Comes in there, he's making God knows what eggs. <laughs> eggs and bacon and onions yeah. and yeah, whatever canned food he could find. <laughs> Uh, he breaks the washing machine in dramatic fashion and then has to microwave the laundry to get it to stop smelling. He's like pulling socks out, doing all kinds of random stuff. Well, yeah, he's washing it in the sink and then he's drying it in the microwave. <laughs> drying it in the microwave, yeah. Uh, the phone call from sister-in-law when she's 
Like, how's everything going? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, good. Everything's great. How, how, how many times a day does a dog like that eat? How many times do you think he eats? Oh, four, five? I, sh- I should have told you. It's once. Once a day. <laughs> <laughs> she's just like. What does he drink? He drinks water, right? I sleep with the toilet seats up. Oh, is that? Oh, it's the blue water. That is might that explain that? some discoloration <laughs> of the yard. <laughs> <laughs> great. And she's just, you know, she's just holding it in. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, the, the birthday breakfast party, they show up. He's making these gigantic pancakes. The, cl- the clown. And the, and the clown. The clown oh. shows up. Yeah, <laughs> completely just hammered. Uh, the school scene when he's in, obviously talking to when the When he's in the principal's, principal's office. office you give yourself, that's probably my favorite, I think, if I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there. And then uh, we have the, the final mom-daughter hug at the end of the movie. The, the, the catharsis. Yeah, the catharsis wrap-up, which to me was very Home Alone-ish. Yeah. Oh, it's very yeah. John Hughes. Very, very Hughes-ish. Yeah, yeah, John Hughes-ish. Uh, I will agree with you. The school scene. Is that Ooh. your favorite? Yes. That's my favorite, too. I mean, yes. and honestly. Here's a quarter. Yeah. Go have a rat. Yeah. Gnaw that what thing got me downtown. Do you know what got me more, though, was the kid's face in the other room. Yeah. I, I well, was cracking like, my ass up the whole time. Yes. Yeah, the, the kid. Well, even when he's talking to the kid before, and he was like, why don't you let me go in? I'll soften her up for yeah. you. He, he just has no idea what's going on. I will say, though, the final, mo- the, the final mother-daughter hug, like it got me more than I remember it getting me growing up. Really? Yeah, I don't know. It was just very emotional for me. Interesting. I, you know, I was, As an older I, guy, you're just getting softer? You, I was emotional you by old it. Softy. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Anyway. Okay. Nerdiest facts. So fun facts, nerdy facts about these films. Let's start with Mrs. Doubtfire. Robin Williams' own son did not recognize him in his Mrs. Doubtfire outfit until he started speaking. That's awesome. Which maybe answers one of my questions that I have later on, but we'll get to that in a second. All right. According to one biography, Robin Williams decided to test out the believability of his Mrs. Doubtfire character by filming by going as Mrs. Doubtfire into an adult bookstore and making a purchase, and he did so without being recognized. So, like, even the adoring public didn't know that it was yep. Robin Williams. And now they know. Yep. Again, this just goes... I'm just going to say it now. I cannot believe... I, I just... I don't know how the kids wouldn't recognize him. How would your kids not recognize you? Like, I get that you've got a mask on, your different voice, but I don't know. Well, it's not as if he's not walking around doing different voices at home already. I mean, this has been his thing for a long yeah, time. Yeah, he's a voice actor. Yeah, he's a voice actor. Yeah. It's a... I, well, it's... Yeah, I agree with you. That was just that well, was a little, little nitpicker I had, but that you know it's okay. Suspension of disbelief. I'm just saying. I feel like I could figure out if my dad was dressed in a dress, doing a different voice with a mask on. But maybe I could, not. I could spot your dad in a dress from a football field away. I think I so think too. Be pretty. Easy. Very distinct mannerisms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when when Mrs. Selmer, we can't. We talked about this scene earlier. When when she comes to Daniel's apartment and you know there's icing on her on on his face, his slash her face, um, actually wasn't intentional. The heat from the set lights was melting it so much that he had to improvise that and basically added that to the script. And, of course, it made it to the movie, which is not surprising at all. And actually, this next little fun fact, scenes were shot 15 to 22 times because Robin Williams was never satisfied and he had to work the entire scene out of his system. Like, that's what he had to do for every single scene. Very meticulous, that guy. Interesting. Um, according to Chris Columbus, Robin Williams improvised so much that they were actually a P- there was actually a PG pg-13 r and nc-17 edits of the film but they they eventually awesome. released it as pg-13 i want to see the nc-17 and i see really what kind of crazy shit that that's that, that's fucking hilarious i, I bet it's hilarious. awesome and uh well speaking of the character miss doubtfire was actually first performed by ron williams at a show andy kaufman did at carnegie hall and he pretended to be kaufman's grandmother that's very fitting that it was andy kaufman that i know he did right that for. yeah 
The makeup for Miss Doubtfire took four and a half hours each day. That's a lot. And then do all those the scenes and those cuts and like I mean takes it's crazy. Um, let's see. The actor who plays the bartender in the pool scene is actually called Doctor Toad, and it's Robert Robert Todd Williams, who's the half brother of Robin Williams. And then finally, the address given by Miranda while on the phone with Mrs. Doubtfire is the actual physical address of the house used for filming the movie, which is twenty six forty Steiner Street. That's crazy. You can still go see it today. Awesome. Big Daddy. Nerd facts. Adam Sandler's wife, Jackie Sandler, played the waitress at the bar that gets Julian a root beer. This started the tradition of having his wife cameo in almost every Adam Sandler film. Uh, while filming The Waterboy in 19... 19- so while filming, The Waterboy came out and was a huge success. Noticing the box office, Sony sent a memo to the set letting the production team at Adam Sandler know that they had extra money to film or expand scenes that they felt were lacking. This allowed smaller characters like Rob Schneider and Steve Buscemi to have greater roles in the film. That's huge. That's awesome. Especially considering Steve Buscemi, I think, it just contributed so much to the movie. Totally. <laughs> he, he was, he was, uh, a, I mean, he was an it, integral part. Him, of him in, the, in, the, in the courtroom. Him yep. in the courtroom That's was good. But I was just thinking of, yeah. Stop yelling at me! <laughs> <laughs> if O.J., and Sonny could have his kid. This guy knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Alan Covert has appeared in 25 Adam Sandler films. Another fun fact is Adam Sandler has had over 25 films, right. which I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Adam Sandler and Jackie Sandler met on the set of this movie, and the two went on to get married in 2003 and had to have two children together. This is This was mind-blowing bill murray jack nicholson steve martin and christopher lloyd were considered for the role of lenny koufax his father i think they would have i think i think if they're in that they take over too much i think having him as as a relatively unknown actor i think it 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 keeps the i think everybody but christopher lloyd i think he probably could have done it but yeah steve martin jack nicholson and bill murray absolutely i can see christopher lloyd yeah especially not bill no no you can't give it to bill murray no no he would overshadow the whole he'd take over the whole movie yep and then um, Jim Carrey was actually considered the role for Sonny Koufax. It's too much physical comedy. Too much. And and the the work I thought this was funny. The working title would, was "Guy Gets Kid." You probably should have stuck with pretty that. Pretty basic. Yeah. <laughs> Guy gets kid, and this is the so it was or it, it kind of is the most successful movie of Adam Sandler's career, making over $160 million domestically until Hotel Transylvania 2 came out in 2005, and it made, or sorry, 2015, it made 169, but it's still his most successful live-action film. And actually with inflation, it probably is still his most successful film, I'd imagine. Yeah. Probably, and yeah. I have to say, like, you should exclude a lot of these kids, like, animated films from the dollars these conversations because parents will just pay for it and pay for it and pay (laughs) for it and pay for it and And trust me we've done that and i've seen that movie six times Mm -hmm. yeah do do not recommend gotta keep them occupied yeah uncle buck uh so interesting thing during the introduction scene which we talked about where macaulay gulkin is firing off questions to speed that up john candy was actually wearing the questions on a cue card on his head that's like, awesome cut up close so, it is oh, re- it awesome. is zoomed in really f- close to his face which yeah. makes sense yeah. makes sense you can see why uh john candy went out drinking during the filming as i think he was known to do periodically stayed out too late met a bunch of locals and then hughes the, the next morning heard a caller on the radio show talking about what a great time he had with john candy and got mad canceled his scenes for the day uh, i think john's argument was 
this guy should be disheveled and hungover, so maybe you should keep me in. So that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> Didn't fly. He's Didn't playing fly. a character. Right. right. I, interesting, since we're sitting in St. Louis right now, the film was originally planned to be shot in St. Louis, but it had to be moved to Chicago last minute. It was supposed to be winter, and it was an unseasonably warm year here. Hmm. Did not, well, I don't recall sucks. 1989. Yeah, so. me neither. It was unseasonably warm that year, I remember. Uh, like Big Daddy, a lot of other characters were planned uh, or considered for Buck Russell, Danny DeVito, Jack Nicholson, Robin Williams, Tom Cruise, Dan Aykroyd, Michael Keaton, John Goodman. Good I mean, Lord. Really would have been any, like, it would have changed Tom the movie Cruise, so no much. way. No okay, way. let me get, let's go through this list and, like, really quickly pick out who, who could have even, I remember, this is 89, definitely not Tom Cruise. No, no he, question. That's, like, risky business, Tom Cruise. Like, how can he be an uncle? He's, like, a baby. Anyway, that's crazy. I could maybe see Danny DeVito. <laughs> I could totally see Danny DeVito. It changes the movie a lot, but I could see it. You could see it. I, Jack Nicholson is too mean. He he does. He's not believable as as a, as a guy who's just a good guy. No. And when does this uh, like align with Joker from Batman? Like I don't. Was that, same year. That's, that's the same. Batman year, came yeah, out yeah. in '89. Yeah. Robin Williams, maybe, but again, I think he's too goofy. He's not. He's, he's too silly. He's not believable as a drunk. He's believable as like a yeah. You kind of co- need this like disheveled. <laughs> yeah, he's into something else. Dan Aykroyd, I could see Dan Aykroyd. I, I think I think that would have worked honestly. Michael uh, Michael Keaton's too angry. I think he's too angry. Well, he he plays angry. the mom so angry. Like he, you don't think so? All right. I, I mean, now he's angry. No, that, that's that's some of his best roles <laughs> when he like loses his shit. <laughs> All right, John Goodman. Easy, Good easy, John Goodman. I could say, yeah, I, could, yeah. I could do John Goodman. Okay. Well, we've recasted it. John Goodman, it is. <laughs> I know. That, listen, that's that. Obviously, that's not a real thing. That, that, no, that's that's insanity. But it was because John, cause John he, could, he definitely could have done it. Candy was amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. We got one more on there, right? Yep. Oh, sorry. They used a real gunshot for the audio in the car backfire, which was a 1975 Mercury Marquis. That's a fantastic car if you ever really want a nice old large vehicle. A land boat. Yeah, that's a freaking thing. All right. So a couple more categories. We've got the Heath Ledger Award for scene stealing. All right. First off with Mrs. Doubtfire. The two nominees, and if you have more nominees, add them. Robin Williams and Harvey Firestein. <laughs> For the scene stealers, I think it's got to be Robin Williams. It seems silly, like vote, like going for like the the main actor as the scene stealer, but like, and yeah, and I, I agree. I, I do love Harvey, but Robin's in just more scenes. Well, and he he improvised so much of the movie. Like he's he's going off scripts. He's absolutely know, he's playing into the characters. I think that makes a big difference. So. If we're doing non main characters, it's got to be Harvey Firestein. I mean, he he does it. He does it in this. He does it in Independence Day. Like basically, whenever he's on screen, it's like he's really hamming it up. Yeah. Scene stealing from Big Daddy. Only nominee, Rob Schneider. You could add Steve Buscemi. I think but Steve Buscemi's got to be in there. Steve Buscemi's on there too. But Rob. Schneider holds his own against Adam Sandler. And I think I'm, he does too. You're totally paying attention to him the whole time, even though like what he's doing may be considered a little, I don't know, crazy, crazy nowadays. Okay, scene stealer for Uncle Buck. We've got John yeah. Candy and Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, and I, I honestly, I'd have to go Macaulay Culkin. He's in a lot of scenes. He does a great job. He's you know, like he's obviously very young at the time, and he really hangs pretty closely with John Candy, who's a phenomenal actor. I'd say we're on, when they're on screen together, I'm paying more attention to Macaulay Culkin. And maybe I, it's because he is so a kid, too. but either way, like he is so f- phenomenal. 
I agree. All right. Macaulay Culkin, Heath Ledger Award. Okay. Peak of the Mountain. So here's what Peak of the Mountain is. It's Is this basically like when they are the, the, the most popular of their career? Or maybe doing their best work. Whatever. However you want to interpret it. So for Miss Doubtfire, let's just go through each one of these. I'm going to ask you guys if you think this is their peak. And if, if you do, great. And if you don't, it's fine too. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some facts about Robin Williams. First one, Robin Williams. Peak of the, Is this the peak for Robin Williams? No. No. Okay. Let me read you this 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 run of films he went on, which is freaking crazy. It basically starts with let's call it eighty seven. I'm I'm not gonna read every one of these because there's a lot going on, but the big ones. Eighty seven, good good morning Vietnam, eighty nine, Dead Poet Society, ninety, Cadillac Man, and Awakenings. Fisher King, ninety one. Pretty sure he was nominated or maybe even won an Academy Award for that one. Ninety two, Aladdin. Ninety three Miss Doubtfire, and then the next thing he does is Jumanji in '95, and then Birdcage, and then Good, Jack, and Goodwill Hunting, and then he gets to okay, so then he gets to Goodwill Hunting later on in in '97, which is probably the peak of the. So you think for the him? peak is Goodwill Hunting? Yeah, Agreed. yeah. I hate to disagree with, or to agree with Lambert too much, but I, I I can I can I respectfully disagree with you. I'm not saying this is it. I actually think Aladdin is it. But I think that you, I can. Wasn't he nominated for an Academy Award for Goodwill Hunting? Well, I'm fairly sure. What he I'm was. saying is, what? But or here's, he but here's my argument. Listen, here's what he's in after Goodwill Hunting. That's why that's the peak of the mountain. Okay. All right. This is this is the top where he is. Okay. All right. I will I will defer. I, I will go ahead and say based on my own definition that that's what I'm y- saying. you could be right. That's yeah. maybe where he. Maybe after that, but like, I think he's still he's still ascending when this movie comes out. Okay. All right. Fine, you win this round. All right. Harvey Firestein. I'll play a game, you rogue. I don't have a lot of feedback on Harvey Firestein. I don't remember exactly what his career looks like. I don't remember a whole lot about. I know he was in Independence Day. Basically, this or Independence Day. Uh, I think we, the, let's the, go. the answer so is yes. So it's no, let's it's not. It's, well, or is he better in Independence Day? He's probably better in this than Independence Day. I think Day. so, too. So too yeah. Yeah. Even so though his role is smaller in this one. So it's this. All right, peak for cross-dressing. No. RuPaul? Yeah. Wins it for sure, or even what was what was the one with? Uh, um, oh, the I mean, isn't there a cross-dressing show out now? I yeah, was say, that's I what think I'm saying. There is one the right the RuPaul now. show like just yeah, kills she's got, it. Like the RuPaul boardwalk. Yeah. Now, if we're talking like feature-length films, this is right up there. You could also say what's one Dustin Hoffman, Tootsie, Tootsie. That was right there before. It's before that. Yeah, there's some bad cross-dressing movies out there, like White Girls. Did you see that? There's some really Wong Vu with Chu Patrick Swayze there's some and really Wesley Snipes. <laughs> But I think that uh, Tootsie and really Tootsie in this one are like one A, one B. They're both pretty solid, and I think usually critically acclaimed. All right, John Travolta. Which one did he do? Face off. No, <laughs> so it's kind of like cross dressing. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to think about him cross dressing. All right, Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Do you want to do these? Or you want me to? Do no, them? I can do them. Okay. Joy Lauren Adams. So this was after she had already done Dazed and Confused, Chasing Amy, Mallrats, The Program, and Coneheads. For this me, it's Mallrats, After honestly. all of that. For me, it's Mallrats. I know that this is maybe not her... I, I think, actually, I think you could argue that Chasing Amy actually is my new answer. I'm, t- I'm taking Chasing Amy. So that is the peak I of the that's, mountain That's her. her peak. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm... I'm I agree. You, you support that? I support that fact. Because okay. <clears throat> everything just kind of goes downhill after this movie. Uh, but yeah, it's just a question of what do you think she's 
the best. And Chasing Amy, my only argument, there are so many goddamn speeches in that movie. Just minutes and minutes of dialogue of like talk, like cliche shit, like speaking it, like yelling at each other in the rain for like five, ten minutes. I'm like, oh, God, just get on with it. I just think she was more of a household name after Chasing Amy than she probably was. I agree. Christy Swanson. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the right answer for that. 1993 whatever it is that that's, it was. that's i think that's when she's like she's reached the peak of her career yeah because uh, dude where's my car came out in 2000 like right after this mm-hmm. and that was pretty much it the mcdonald's breakfast definitely not no way because you can get it all the all time day. now yep when they went all day oh breakfast, that's oh you're saying all day breakfast is when it, it came that's back the, that's the peak yes that's all right peak. i like it's, it and we have we haven't yet started it's in its peak we're still it is at currently the peak. in its just peak. so you know the 11 o'clock breakfast still goes on the weekends yeah i know jana reminded me of that she was very adamant yeah she's like, i don't know what day of the week it is if it's a tuesday i guess they're right she was very mad about it steve buscemi in well, Adam Sandler I was going to say films. Steve Buscemi in Adam Sandler films because he's also in uh, he's Mr. In, Deeds. He's in a ton of shit. I think this is his best work in Adam Sandler films. <laughs> in Mr. Deeds, he's the one arguing like the pepperoni and gumballs. My favorite. Oh, he's, he's crazy eyes. Crazy yeah, eyes. He is, yeah. Yeah, you're right. This is good. But he has some really fantastic individual scenes like Wedding Singer at the end when he's oh gosh okay you're right wedding singers got best be man better man yeah. self taught never had one lesson thanks. dad thanks dad okay all right <laughs> wedding singer you're right that's that's his peak okay. and adam sandler so is this his peak let me read you some adam sandler this this is this is fun drop some knowledge yeah. okay <clears throat> excuse me uh all right so he's got billy madison 95 is pretty much when his Film career takes off. He wraps up SNL, moves on to to uh, features. Ninety five, Billy Madison. Ninety six, Happy Gilmore. Ninety six, Bulletproof. Ninety eight, Wedding Singer. Ninety nine, Big Daddy. Oh, I'm sorry. Ninety eight, Waterboy. Ninety nine, Big Daddy. And then he gets into Cranking Little Nicky in two thousand, Mr. Deeds in two thousand two. I think at that point we can say he's probably on his way. You know, going down a little bit. Fifty first dates is two thousand four. 51st Ace wasn't bad, but then, yeah, he started His decline wasn't linear. It was, there was some jigsawing around towards the end. Yeah, it's a little bit. I, I'm, I'm going to say no. I actually think it's a year before that with Waterboy. I think that is his, for me, that's when everyone was like, Adam Sandler is the best, and everything he makes is we're going to go watch. And that's why I think Big Daddy did so well. Uh, but I th- that's why I'm saying Waterboy for me. It's a decent logic. Yeah, I think I agree, and I think it might have had something to do with why you have so many stars that are people in Big Daddy because he's been so successful and these movies are raking in a bunch of money. Yeah, yeah, and, he, he and, was, and this was his most successful one of all of them. Right. Okay. And Hooters. <laughs> I mean, I think so. I think this is the peak, even though they're making fun of it the whole time. Like it's, I mean, it's that's what we call product placement, fellas. It's really excellent product placement. I haven't Absolutely. been to a Hooters since the '90s. I'm sure. Uh, so. No. All right. So I'm saying yes. <laughs> all right. Uncle Buck. All Ad- right. Address books. So there's that scene where he pops up. Oh, he's calling all the neighbors. Got the address the, books. The I think. Book. Like, the, like the Rolodex style of calling people. Yeah. I think that's you don't see that on, on film very often. Certainly not anymore. But I'm saying yes. I, I think yes. I think it has to be. We're starting to go digital. Get in the 90s. Computers start happening. You disagree? You think the the address books were around later? I'm just trying to think. I'll try of, like re- got replaced originally with like the the Palm Organizer, yeah, right, which is electronic. Palm that happened. Pilot. That Jesus. happened right around this time, 1989, 
Yeah. I'm saying. Really simple stuff. I'm saying yes. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Is this John Candy? All right. I got my list again. Here we go. Give me some. So this is this is really hard. This is a hard one. Um, let's just start with like maybe the Little Shop of Horrors, 86. Spaceballs, 87. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, 87. Great Outdoors, 88. Who's Harry Crumb, 89. Uncle Buck, 89. And after that, he kind of starts being like bit parts until he gets up until uh, basically Cool Runnings in 93. And I would have to say yes. I'm a big fan of Cool Runnings, but it, it feels like he's already on the decline at that point. I think it's planes, trains, and automobiles for me. He does Spaceballs and then planes, trains, and automobiles back to back in the same year. And then Great Outdoors. Like the, You can even say Great Outdoors. Absolutely. I don't think I don't think it's this one. I think because you got who's Harry Crumb and then Uncle Buck the next year again. But it's all in like five years yeah. where he's rattling these freaking gems out. Yeah. But if you're, I mean, again, declines aren't linear. If he's already on the downside of his career, which he certainly was, it sounds like. So I'm saying I'm saying no. Agreed. I'm saying I'm saying Planes Trains. Planes Trains. Yeah. Fan, that's another fantastic movie. I agree. John Hughes. All right, this is the last my last list, but this this is important. Are we talking John Hughes director, John Hughes writer, or just John Hughes period? I'd say John Hughes writer. That's certainly where he's got more of his yeah. his credits. I think that's true. Okay, so this is <laughs> this is crazy. All right, so I'm just going to read these in order, and they're basically it's every year for the most part. Mr. Mom eighty three, National Lampoon's Vacation eighty three, Sixteen Candles eighty four, Mr. Wait, hold on, Breakfast Club eighty five. European Vacation, 85. Weird Science, 85. Pretty in Pink, 86. Harris Bueller's Day Off, 86. Planes, Trains, 87. Great Outdoors, 88. Uncle Buck, 89. Christmas Vacation, 89. Home Alone, 90. Yikes. What's after that? Then it's like Dutch in 91, which I do like Dutch a lot. I do. I like Dutch a lot, (laughs) Curly Sue is in 91. Dennis the Menace, Home Alone 2. It's just, you know, after that, I think that's like, it's kind of the end of it. It's got to be Home Alone then, I think. That was, that movie was massive. We're still watching that movie. Yeah. I think, and he's, he's like the example of, I would agree. I'm saying Home Alone as well, but it's, it's like a, oh my God, no, that's the next peak. No, that's the next peak. That's the next peak. We hit Home Alone, he, and after he that, He can't possibly get more popular. And he doesn't. Yes, he can. And then after Home Alone, it's, yeah. it's like, oh, it's he's like going Silverstein, down. It's like Joel Silverstein, he just, like, right off the just edge. Just right off yeah. the edge after that. And, and the rest of these are, like, yeah, I mean, it's a couple different Home Alones. It's 101 Dalmatians, Flubber, Miracle on 34th Street. Flubber? Uh, yeah. I remember that movie. You know, it, it kind of drops off pretty quick there. Okay. All right. A Star is Born. This is a new category I put on here. And, and, I, and I, I I was thinking about, I called it a star, a star is Born category because A Star is Born is a movie that's been remade like eight freaking times. It's crazy. Like the one that we just watched recently with Lady Gaga and what's his name? Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. I was like, oh, that's a remake from the Bette Milder. No, it's been remade like four times since then or before that. Anyway, A Star is Born category. So basically we're calling this, this is what we call Remake City. So what changes would need to be made if this movie were made today? And let's just keep it short because we can keep going on all the different things. Mrs. Doubtfire. Would Daniel and Miranda have to get back? Would we need to like a, get back back together? We need a happier ending. Do you guys think? No, I, I don't think so. Yes. You think so? I think so. It, it kind of depends on where it comes out, like who's who's releasing it. If it's like an HBO or theater release, maybe not. But if it's like a Netflix uh, Lifetime situation hallmark channel, hallmark channel. <laughs> but the happy ending was like they've come to an amicable agreement here like, he gets he to hang with kids. the kids i mean he like think of how dark this movie got like he had 
court supervised visitation. That's only reserved for people who are. Yeah, but yeah. He, was, he was also trying to get his wife back. I want to see. He thought he was, but he. I don't think he was happy in the relationship before either. Can we get, we got to see that NC seventeen version of it. Yeah, we, that's we need, what yeah, I, we need I, the, we need I, the, I need the director's cut of Mrs. <laughs> to make this decision. All, all right of the director's now. cuts, all four of them. Okay, that's really it for anything else you guys would we, we need to change. I, honestly, the movie kind of holds up pretty well. For, I, I think it does at least. Big I, mean, da- I think it gets. I think they lock him up and throw away the key. Oh, but as far as like what happens to him afterwards, yeah, yeah he gets in much bigger trouble. I, I think than he that. gets in a shitload of trouble. Yeah, that's probably true. There's a lot to of to make fraud. it more realistic, just yeah. a little bit, just a little. Okay, so for Big Daddy, changes need to be make made. Uh, his homophobic friend probably doesn't need to be there. We were, when we were rewatching it, yeah, Jan and I kept going like, "Why is he even there? He doesn't need. Just, to, he yeah. does not need to be there." That didn't age well. No, it did not no, age well at all. No, it didn't. They uh, would. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know what day of the week it is as it to decide. It doesn't matter. They have breakfast all day. They would have been able to get some form of McDonald's breakfast no matter what time. They could show up at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. All right. They're getting McDonald's breakfast. So where are they going now? they got to go somewhere else like Burger King. It's not McDonald's anymore. <laughs> it's Burger King. It's definitely not McDonald's or Jack in the Box. Or he comes back with a sandwich and everything. And see, oh. Buscemi turns his life around. Then he's on the you know, it's a whole the different story. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's back to, you know, he's lucid. Uh, and It alters. And testifies well. Does it? <laughs> Doesn't mention. Uh, we've, got a, we've, got a, like, we've got to like come into America trading trading places. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Situation <laughs> oh, going I like on. That. Where it's yeah, like, oh my god! Now he's turning his life around because he finally got his sandwich. All right. Hey, who, who wrote this next one? No, I did. Explain it. So I put this on here mainly because of you, but so that I, I because of just how everything is going in the world. <laughs> The teacher would have been blamed for Julian being the smelly kid in class somehow. I don't know why, but for whatever reason, in the last 10 years, for some reason, now the par- instead of the parents and the teachers being on the same side, now all of a sudden the parents are on the kid's side. And I'm not a teacher, so I don't know. It's just what I've kind of noticed, and I don't have any <laughs> personal experience on this. I just feel like the parents are all of a sudden like against the teacher, so it's their fault if their I would kid... Say- I would isn't say th- learning or doing anything or has good personal hygiene in this case. I'm going to say the parent-teacher conferences definitely don't go that way, where it's the teacher telling the parents what they're doing wrong. It's usually the other way around. That that is that is that's what I'm saying. That's an accurate. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Maybe role is, reversal. This is a hot button issue, but I don't think this is a teacher specific issue. This is a lack of personal accountability issue that we as people all suffer from. Like it's, yeah. it couldn't be my fault. It has to well, be. Yours. And I'm just saying that the teacher would somehow get blamed for Julian being yeah, the smelly yes. kid in class. Teacher's a little more on the defense there. You're right. That's all. Uh, Uncle Buck. This is another one. I think this movie like really holds up pretty well. I mean, this movie is f- over thirty years old, and it's there's not a whole lot. The only thing for me that I think would be different is that she doesn't have to ask where where Tia is. Oh. He doesn't have to ask that yeah. because we got some find your got iPhone, some, got some Lojack, and we can figure out where Tia is real quick and yeah. go go track her down. Yeah, just find her pretty easy. That's yep. it. That's yep. really for me. That's the only thing made her difference. That and obviously the clothing and everything else. But that's for any other well, movie yeah, that's made yeah, in the eighties or nineties. Yeah. I don't know. Peter would have been all over that rat comment these days. You would not be able to. <sighs> that's true. Need something else to know that off her face. Yeah. All right. Did we learn anything? I don't know if we learned anything, but here's some thoughts that we had for Mrs. Doubtfire. Does he really just get one day a week with the kids? So I, this was something I was thinking about. Like, it, it seems like maybe he's a shitty husband, but is he a shitty dad? It doesn't seem like he's that shitty of a dad. Uh, but sometimes that doesn't always matter. I know, but I'm just saying, it just seems like it was 
like an odd like very quickly you get one week at least it wasn't supervised but, but still I mean, one if, day a week if, if one person has all the leverage which well miranda had all the leverage because she was the only one that had a she had the job and she was supporting the family and all that stuff and yeah they can go a long way in a divorce of saying well if i've got all yeah. the leverage then i'm gonna have the kids yeah i would period. say it, it definitely if he were gainfully employed he maintained his voice acting job by absolutely it's not, a different story yeah not speaking so ill about cigarettes okay. which that probably would have changed that scene yeah, yeah they would have yeah. had 50 50 at best okay all right uh this la- this last one right we already answered i guess we, we appara- talked, I, I thought we talked about it yeah apparently apparently it's he was that good people didn't know that he was actually robin williams in, in disguise so well did he try to Kudos. go buy adult books from his like somebody that's, was, that's true really close with he didn't buy it from his Just kids Stranger, no, but also they were, didn't, didn't. Someone said like we couldn't. They couldn't recognize him. His son, his, his own son couldn't. His own recognize son couldn't recognize until he started talking. So there's that in his normal voice. His normal did, voice. Well, I wonder, did he start talking in the Mrs. Doubtfire voice, or did he start know. talking in the normal voice? I don't know. I could change it. Specificity. We may, we may never know. All right. Any any thoughts for Big Daddy? Big Daddy. Wouldn't social services have some kind of photo ID for Kevin Garrity to know what he looks like, so that they know that like Sonny isn't him? Because he's like, are you Kevin Garrity? Yeah, I'm him. And there's no like check. There's no nothing. Social services is really not being very thorough in this. That's what I'm saying. Like they just gave a kid to a rant. They didn't even check. It's like, are you him? Yep, I'm him. All right, here's your kid. Like what? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like nothing. I I would agree. They were they were not not thorough. Following through very well (laughs) until the end, where they need to. Until all of a sudden, well, they were in court and they realized, wow, we've been scammed this whole time by Mm -hmm. this guy. Um. Just some, also some side notes. You shouldn't let your kid choose their own name. I, maybe th- that's a version of a, a, a higher rated film. If you have a kid that's a little bit more, uh, I don't know, worldly, has some different, you know what I mean? Like he could have, I mean, he just calls himself Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Like that could have gone really, really bad. I'm just saying. <laughs> could have, yeah, it could have gotten way worse. Uh, apparently you can please an- clean anything up with newspaper. Didn't know that. Didn't Definitely know that either. Vomit urine and milk. Just put it on there and it's done and then i didn't add this last one i did so this so listen having rewatched it sunny did not ruin the surprise no, it's not his fault that he walked into his own apartment and all the jackass freaking guests immediately turn away and stop paying attention to the door like all of a sudden like oh we're not that we weren't anxiously anticipating this person to show up now that sunny's here we're just gonna stop paying attention yeah it's like no reset guys let's go that's terrible that's terrible hosting that was her fault. That's that her was her fault. fault. And anyone who's been to a surprise party knows if someone comes in, you're like, shush, shush, get yeah, in. Get the fuck get out down, of the way. Get, get in, get, get out, out of here, turn the lights yeah, back right. off. Yeah. yeah. Now, Sonny fault. maybe shouldn't have come in, but also he didn't know about the party, so it's not his fault. He had no idea no. the party was going on. No, because he, they no, knew he, he would blow it. There. If I'm showing up like at a party like five minutes before the surprises, I will sit in my car and wait till I see the person go in, and that, that's my fault for not being there earlier. Just show up. Because I don't want to fuck it up. I don't want them to waste a good surprise on me. Because of this movie. Because of this movie changed my life All right. uncle buck so can a tiger change his stripes can you really shift your life around like this he's a degenerate makes his money at the track he's a he's a heavy drinker he doesn't have a job his girlfriend's about to dump his ass like at the end of the movie he seems to really get it together like i think can you do I think that you can i think I, you can i don't know if you can do it in the span of a, a weekend of a film yeah. but i think you can i think you can too but i i, I actually had a thought while whilst watching this is he really that bad of a person like, there's, how does he change his life around completely while babysitting these kids? 
there's a moment right where he makes this responsible decision to not take those kids to the track with his horse fixer in town like he's this is how he makes his living he's a gambler okay he's a drinker he doesn't have a job he, you know his girlfriend owns that tire shop she's trying to get him to work there he just won't do it so he has very okay I, so he's got these career personal issues but as like a normal human being he's actually pretty cool like he's a pretty awesome uncle and he's like very like great with the kids he's uh, a funk except they don't remember him because he hasn't been around for i know years. but but can we blame that also maybe a little bit on the brother Brother or the sister in law. The sister in law, not the brother. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't like him at all. I'm just saying, along with that, can he change his stripes? Yes. But also, I would argue he wasn't that bad in the first place. That's that's what I'm saying. Career wise, aspirations, yes. He needed a little bit more. Fair point. Fair point. But as a human. Let's not forget, he was like, sorry, I have to do this to you and take you to the track. And he had him in the car in the driveway. Like, that's a that's rough. Yeah. I know. I would not want my kids. Those are pretty smart kids, with though. With my brother going to the racetrack. <laughs> there. I love you, Andrew. That's fair. <laughs> uh, clothes in the 80s were fantastic. All of the, the kids at the party, like everyone that was in high school, was just you know wearing berets and fedoras, and they were hilarious, yeah. and I loved it. Clothes and the hairstyles. And the hairstyles. And the hairstyles. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The nicknames, not as much, I think. Bug. Her, Bug is her boyfriend's name. That's terrible. They were reaching. Yeah. That's a stretch. I, I, go ahead. How did the oversized breakfast get good? I, I think you added this. Yeah. Well, so the I, so the pancake one got answered. I wrote this question down before I even started the, the movie. I get rewatching it for the millionth time. They answer that he has a big old pan on top of the stove, um, on top yeah, of like all a, the burgers, on top of all. Pizza. But yeah. how did he cook the toast? That's what I want to know. How did he cook the toast so he couldn't get through the door? I, I I'm I'm perplexed. Acetylene torch. Something like that. Where, where did he get the bread? Yeah, well, bread made special from a bakery, and then he just cooked it with a blowtorch. Fucking <laughs> lot of fucking flour and yeast. The last thought I had here with Uncle Buck, closing thoughts. You know that he's forty in this film. We're forty in this film. That's just mind blowing. He's well, really old, and he was actually forty. Like he yeah. was born in nineteen fifty. He's, so he's playing a forty year old. He's forty. Uh, I, I don't see that around this room. Right. Good and bad. Something to think about. Food for thought as we wrap this up. <laughs> as we wrap it up, who's the nerdiest of the nerds? Who's the winner of all the films? This is a really hard one. Let's throw a last last final thoughts and facts at you before we make our decision. Mrs. Doubtfire won the 1994 Oscar uh, for Best Makeup. Uh, Golden Globes Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture was awarded to Robin Williams. It also won the Best Motion, motion Picture for Comedy or Musical. Golden Globes had a budget of Rust estimated twenty five million and it grossed four hundred and forty one million dollars worldwide for b- for the good. budget too. I mean that's a big that's a big amount of it's money. A pretty that's good a, ROI. That's a good return <laughs> on investment. So we're going the opposite direction. Big Daddy Razzie Awards. It won the Razzie Award for Worst Actor Adam <laughs> Sandler, Worst Picture, and Worst Supporting Actor, and was nominated but did not win for worst director and worst screenplay. But budget was $34 million, and it made gross worldwide $234 million. Made $200 million bucks. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, pretty good. Uncle Buck, I didn't do any of the reward research here. Uh, Justin might have it on a special list, but uh, $15 million budget, $79.2 million worldwide in 1989. I mean, I think we know who the winner is here. It's a shit ton of money. So. And, and, well, real quick as far as awards for Uncle Buck, you got to remember, John Hughes films didn't really get a lot of awards back then. They, they, don't, they didn't award – they hardly award comedies and Absolutely things like not. that awards. Not a lot of critical acclaim. They certainly didn't do it back then. So 
not a whole lot. I, th- I think we gotta gotta give it to Mrs. Doubtfire. Is I think that so. right? But I do think though, in the lexicon of films, I think that honestly, if you were to mention like what's your favorite father figure type movie, Uncle Buck might actually get get mentioned by I, more people. I think so. Than Mrs. Doubtfire. But overall, as a film, I think we can agree. Mrs. Doubtfire kind of brings think it the, home. The biggest detractor Uncle Buck has is Uncle is actually in the title. I mean, again, we're doing father figures here, not yeah. just fathers, but uh, you know, he's definitely that. He plays that role for the movie. Well, the only one that actually has a father figure title is Big, Big Daddy. Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not that they need a father title, but yeah. it, ha- it specifically yeah. says not father right. in the title. All right. Well, there you have it. Father's Day. To do a little quick nerd outreach, first of all, our thank yous. I mean, we got to thank all the fathers out there for everything they've done for us. For yep. I mean, I'm going to thank my father. My father. My father as well. I mean, they're freaking awesome. They've just done so much for me. I can't ever, ever repay them. And thank you so much. Um, also want to thank our amazing guest, Mr. John Cagle, for yeah. joining us. In thank person. You, you. How did this go? Very well, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's hot in here besides that. Yeah. That's because you're a little, a little nervous, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> First time. In the service. My, my mom always told me I had a face for radio, so this is working out pretty well yeah. for me, I think. Luckily, you're getting recorded <laughs> on YouTube. So. I'm not going to watch that. That's okay. Don't worry. I don't watch it. Someone else will. Send in your show suggestions to nerdisthenewcoolpodcast at gmail.com. You can also like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at nerdisthenewcoolpodcast. And... You can follow us on Twitter at nerdisthenewco2. Listen to us wherever podcasts are found and you can uh, we just talked about it you can watch us on youtube now yeah we got the youtube channel up and running got some pretty good stuff on there especially check out the tastings those are a lot more fun via video yes they are our next episode preview sticking with themes we're going to be talking independence day fourth of july we'll look at some movies and films tv and uh, compare our favorites so many good choices yeah some obvious ones maybe we'll go off the grid who knows we'll see all right until then See you, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.